the show for introverts by an introvert. I am that introvert. I am Charlotte T. Martin, better known as Charlotte the Writer on Instagram. I am kind of at a loss for words for this week's episode. Um, (laughs) I, oh my gosh, I'm smiling so big. I can't, I, okay, I'm so excited for this episode to be streaming into your ears right now um, that I'm actually recording this intro on Monday night. I know, gasp from the audience. I usually do this the night before because I guess I'm a little bit of a procrastinator. I have a very busy schedule and like you know, just regular life stuff. But I, I just can't wait for you to listen to this. I'm, I, oh my gosh. This week I get to talk to Nora Alami, who I have been following on Instagram for a while, who has been following me on Instagram for a while. We have a friend in common, big shout out to Janelle Pairing. Um, and I knew next to nothing about Nora going into this conversation. Here's what I knew. I knew that she was friends with Janelle because Janelle had messaged me on Instagram to say that her friend, who turned out to be Nora, had really liked one of the posts about um, racial identity that I posted like weeks, possibly months ago now. Um, So that is it. That is all I knew about Nora. And we somehow ended talking about, ended up talking about money. And specifically wealth and what is enough, quote-unquote, and what is success, quote-unquote. And these are things that are, I don't know about you, but those are so those are topics that are so sensitive for me. So, like, they're near taboo in regular conversation, let alone a first conversation that is being recorded over a video chat. Like, the, I mean... We go places I thought that I would never talk to anybody about, aside from, like, my wife. Um, And I had the best time. She even said afterward, and and I feel the same way, Nora, I sort of forgot that we were recording. I just wanted to talk to you about these things that, I don't know, feel like, like I said, almost taboo. I don't want to say anything else about it because I'm eager for you to listen to it. So I think without further ado, please enjoy this like radically honest and vulnerable conversation between me and Nora Alami. All right. Now I can hear you. Yay. <laughs> I'm so that was sorry. So sad because I can hear you completely and see you perfectly. <sighs> well, now we can both hear and see each other. I wish I could tell you what the problem is. I think it, um, you know, when you have an Apple computer that is going on six to seven years old, which yeah. should be fine, but isn't. <laughs> no, they design it to actively disintegrate in front of your eyes oh yeah it's like the saddest thing in the world because they're not cheap and like then you're Mm -hmm. in the apple ecosystem like everything i own is a freaking apple product so it's like what am i gonna do go get a microsoft tablet no i think my next move might be an ipad but like what can i do on an ipad can i can I do the same things? I don't Apparently know. a lot. Janelle is a huge component of iPads. Huh. I don't think I'm technologically advanced enough to have an iPad, so I ended up <laughs> having to go for an Air. I literally had the exact same problem this entire quarantine. Oh my and god, I'm so sorry. Eventually it started crashing so badly that I... It wasn't until actually Janelle came over and someone else tried to use my computer and they're like, this is not... click on a link and then leave go cook lunch come back and see maybe if it's open oh my god that that's rough (laughs) yeah my big issue right now is the sound every time i record one of these episodes it's like really a crapshoot what's going to happen with the sound i've now done the last two on facetime so maybe Mm, maybe the ghost of Steve Jobs is trying to tell me something, which is give me all your money. And I'm like, what money? It seems yeah. like a perfect place to say, if you can support the show on Patreon listeners, now is a great time to do that. Buy me an iPad. <laughs> Buy me an iPad. 
Speaking of the show, we've never met. I'm Charlotte. Hi, Nora. It's great to meet you. Hi, Charlotte. It's nice to meet you, too. Um, I have to start out by saying that I have this whole time been under the impression that your name is Nora Alami. No, mm. but it's Nora Alami. It's, uh, it's Alami. Oh, okay. First, okay, it's insane. It's wrong. Um, <laughs> so maybe I thought it was Nora Alami. Well, whatever. I was getting it wrong anyway. So yep. I'm sorry about that. I had to confess it first, right out of the right out of the gate. Um, how are you? Where are you? Where are you tuning in from today? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to like finally meet you. Finally, I've yeah. Your content on Instagram for so long <laughs> that I like. It's like a celebrity moment. I'm like, yeah. It's like it's for me too. You, for me too. People um, don't believe me when I say that. They're like, "What?" I just follow you on Instagram, and I'm like. But that's cool to me. To me, that's like, <laughs> you keep coming to my party. That's awesome. So, hello. I do come to your party. Like, this is great. So it's that awkward thing that I feel like we're going to encounter so much in our generation, or like growing up now, Yeah. which is uh, feeling some sort of intimacy with somebody on social media. That you've never met. Having yep. never met them, <laughs> actually, in real life. But being like, we share so many of the same psychological yes. and existential questions. You don't know that because it's a one way street right now, but maybe we'll reveal that. Oh my gosh. I'll answer your questions. Uh, yeah, I know worries about the last name mispronunciation. Most people also assume that it's uh, pronounced <laughs> that way. I am tuning in from Brooklyn, New York. Hey. My little apartment in yep. Gowanus. Gowanus, mm-hmm. so. nice. Gowanus. Yeah. I think underrated neighborhood because like everyone knows the Gowanus Canal is stinky, but like, oh, the creamery is there. All those weird, cool places like there's a climbing gym, but then like the axe throwing place is there. There are so many odd spots. Yeah, yeah. there's like shuffleboard, yes. axe throwing, archery, climbing gym. There's a souvenir shop. There is like <laughs> it's there a taxidermy tattoo parlor. <laughs> Um, that's <laughs> awesome. Tattoo. <laughs> okay, wait. You're not going to be the first person I've asked on this show. Tattoo. Let's say you're me and you're terrified of both needles and pain, um, and to a degree, <laughs> permanence. <laughs> Would you still recommend getting a tattoo or definitely I not? Mean- that's a really good question. It's such a personal question. I know. I feel like it would, my questions back to you would mm. be, what is the relationship with permanence? Like, is that something that you want to Okay, have whoa, 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 whoa. I just come off of a therapy session. I don't need <laughs> this to turn into you. <laughs> like, the wheels have turned. Charlotte, let's talk about you, where you tuning in from. Listeners, Nora um, just hijacked this episode of the podcast <laughs> in a delightful turn of events um i'm sobbing now my my relationship with permanence is just that i change my mind a lot about like or i don't even know if it's always changing my mind it's just like i have a lot of ideas <laughs> all the time so i feel like if i get really attached to one now i'm sort of observing myself of like how long is that tattoo idea gonna last so far I have an idea that I've liked for for several weeks now, which is a real record. But compared to my life, I don't know. So we'll see. Stay tuned. I had a friend once give me the advice of, because I was also skeptical or like unsure Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. it was a good idea for me. They said, uh, give yourself a year. Okay. Come up with the idea, revisit it in a year and see if you still like the idea. Uh Uh-huh. and I'd say, like, now having gotten one, my relationship to it changes. Like, yeah. it doesn't stay in the same. But I also got something that was, like, more abstract so sure. that I could continue to change my relationship with it Smart. rather than something that was so, like, yeah, I don't know, emblematic of, like, this particular time. Uh, <laughs> which I think can be that kind of nostalgia. could be also really nice. So, totally. But maybe the year rule is a good one to follow. All right. I great think idea. Bar and, like, waited five. And I got it. So, nice. between nice. a few weeks and five years. So, did you it. get that tattoo in the tattoo parlor in Gowanus? I did. Nice. I think you just said that, but I completely forgot immediately. So, apologies. Yeah, I Gowanus. A lot of information. <laughs> Great spot. Great spot. Um, also, the Bell House, I think, is in Gowanus. Yeah. Yeah. What a great place. It's all Bell House. 
I want to say there's one other venue. Yeah, there are yeah. a lot of spots over here. It's very, it's interesting. It's sort of a contentious neighborhood now because so many mm-hmm. new developments are coming up. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, as is in Brooklyn, totally. always the conversation of displacement and gentrification. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Actually, this is super relevant to the to kind of what I want to. I have almost zero plan when I go into these episodes. I am really hanging on one piece so far with every single conversation of like, here's one thing I know about you. <laughs> Let's just expand <laughs> on that. Um, you mentioned Janelle earlier moments ago. So I think we should just say that we both know Janelle pairing. Is it pairing? I know. Okay. I, again, I get really self-conscious about that because her Instagram handles Janelle is a pair. I'm like, of course, pairing. But then I'm like, <laughs> is that a joke? Is it really peering? I've worked with her like several times, I feel. And I get really like nervous about that. Anyway, Janelle, um, I don't know how you know her, but I have worked with her on... I feel like I've worked with her a million times, but maybe I've only worked with her once. Everyone I know hires her as a as a cinematographer because she's excellent. But how do you know Janelle? Uh, Janelle and I actually grew up together in Colorado. In oh Manitou. my gosh! Right. Yeah. So we've known each other since we were four. Oh. Um, and then have collaborated on so so I'm a dance artist Mm -hmm. um so we've collaborated on some like music videos and a short film last year as well Mm -hmm. she's the photographer and i'm the choreographer amazing oh that's so cool um yeah yeah, she's extraordinarily talented great lady great person um and she i wrote a little script on instagram one day many many eons ago before the now times <laughs> when the yeah. world is still <laughs> turning appropriately um about being mixed race and being asked about like where are you from what are you and she shared with me she's like hey my friend Nora really loved this script I just thought you <laughs> should know <laughs> because I feel I know I'm not the only mixed race person in the world but like I still get such a kick out of knowing others around me or like in my orbit because i yeah i don't know do you feel are you mixed race and do you feel the same way two questions yeah fantastic question i <laughs> so both sides of my family are moroccan so i'm mm-hmm. not mixed race but you know let's open up that conversation if we're going to about <laughs> let's do it and different yep you know whatever but and yeah we could go into that for sure so i think what felt so resonant about that post and so many of your posts is also just this um, present being perceived as ambiguous in some way or yeah. being perceived. Oh, I, I feel like I need to place you because yeah. you are not the dominant white <laughs> that I am, you know, comfortable with yeah. or whatever. And so, um, yeah, this sense of what is the question that I'm sort of fat this? Cause this just happened again. When I went back to, I was just in Colorado. I oh was boy. visiting, um, my family and Janelle was also there. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. She's the third ghost in this conversation. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, there was an encounter that I had with an older white man who I'm sure meant well, mm-hmm. but we were sharing space. We're like all sharing a meal. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't mean to be rude, but, and I thought he was going to ask me, you know, what's your name? Mm-hmm. Because we hadn't actually introduced our names to each other yet. Oh but instead God. it was, I don't mean to be rude, but where are you from? Um, which is such a loaded question. Well, and also you and, didn't even know each other's names yet. <laughs> so why do you need to know that? What's the importance uh, of locating me? Is it simply because I have brown skin and Uh darker features so I must not be you know and of course my ego flares I've I've had so many different responses which I'm I wonder if you could relate to Mm. over my entire life of being overly generous and feeling like oh uh, let me explain to you that this is my family heritage and this is how I came to be versus sort of what can feel like a stubborn response of I was born in Colorado yep yeah I was raised here um, and neither are comfortable because totally. yeah, because one, it's like, what do I owe you? And mm-hmm. two, like I'm then erasing sort of my family history mm-hmm. 
to assimilate mm-hmm. or I'm giving you so much more context mm-hmm. than you're giving me and why right to like help you feel more comfortable locating me yep yeah yeah I completely completely relate to both of those feelings both the over generosity of like in my case my my mother is Vietnamese and I feel when I say that I feel this weird obligation to then go into like the entire ancestral history of my Vietnamese family and then on the other end I'm like and then my dad is from Boston (laughs) and like nobody cares about that part but it is just as interesting it's like my great-grandparents are from Ireland and like all the, then they moved to Minnesota he was like a failed business owner and then they moved to the, like it's all very interesting but nobody that's just a clouded way of asking what what about you is not white because they don't care about for the most part I shouldn't generalize I suppose but I find that when I am asked that question people are not interested actually in my family history they're interested in knowing what is what's different about you? And I almost uh, wish that people would just be like, what's different about you? <laughs> because and then you can be stubborn with your answer of like, well, what's different about me is I have two fake teeth. What about you? Yes. <laughs> but my brother, he when he was in college, um, he went the stubborn route because he always knew. And I think non-white people like us um have a very fine-tuned sense of what does your question really mean? Some people want to know when they meet me or my brother, like, where in the United States are you from? Because you're clearly not from the East Coast or whatever. And we'll be like, oh, I'm from Wisconsin. And that's actually the answer they were looking for. But sometimes you know that that's not what they're asking. Uh, But my brother's answer every time is, I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. And then if they push further, that's when now he's in law school and a surprise to nobody. Um, But he, uh, yeah, he likes to make people uncomfortable by being stubborn, but it isn't stubborn. It's frustrating. That is, I mean, that's sort of what I was thinking when I even labeled it that way is why, where is that coming from? Mm -hmm. You know, why do I feel the need of saying that this is stubborn? Yeah. Uh, And yeah, it's funny. My brother, I have an older brother. I don't know if your brother's older, actually. Younger. The way you, were, you made me think. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have an older brother as well then. Mm-hmm. And his response was also more often than not, not giving more information than is necessary or not giving more information than what is being asked, mm-hmm. um, which I really do respect. Mm-hmm. And so I don't understand. At some point when I was younger, I just really went the other way of well here's everything yep (laughs) you know here's my entire family history which you didn't ask for and because oftentimes I feel like the interest stops once I'm able to be localized yep exactly you know oh okay yeah I thought so oh I wondered (laughs) I thought so (laughs) specifically interesting interesting Were you like chatting about that in the before times Mm -hmm. in uh, in an East Village bar Mm -hmm. in New York, uh, which I haven't had an experience. It really took me back because prior, I I don't know, in New York, it doesn't happen as much, I would say. Mm -hmm. Is that true? I don't know. Maybe it's not true. But uh, yeah, I don't know. To get to the story, I was Mm -hmm. in the East Village. I was at a bar and this middle aged man came up to me. And I was sitting with my friend and sort of disregarded her. She's white and a redhead and um, Mm -hmm. went straight into guessing where I was from. So where are you from? Don't tell me. I can guess. I'm sure I can guess. And I'm, you know, trying to end the conversation, trying to say, I don't want to be speaking to you. (laughs) And I also don't need to sit here for you to guess my race or ethnicity or nationality or whatever it is you think that you're doing. Um, But of course, it's a bar. It's late at night. He doesn't take the hint or the explicit asks and stays there and proceeds to guess every single country he could possibly think of avoiding any Middle Eastern Arabic countries and there was one other area oh sometimes he would get to a country and be like oh but you're not Russian you're definitely not Russian something like that Um, 
finally getting closer and closer and closer to bending his own ego to then try to ask me where I was from with which I just was like I really don't want to engage with you I'm not going to give this information to you please leave um but yeah just again another example of like wow like why do you feel like you get to have this information and what joy Mm -hmm. is it for you to be able to try to locate me yeah that is so bizarre because like think about it if you if you turn it the other way and like if pan-European, just, like, white people were asked in America. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, no, let me guess. You're, well, you're definitely not from Ireland, so are you from, like, Northern Ireland? No, 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 no. Um, no, don't tell me. I'm gonna guess. Um, like, that would be so weird. So weird. But it's not, I mean, it's not weird if we're doing that to <laughs> non-white people. Yes. Ay, 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 So... I think that script was about, like, if you get asked that to all my, okay, air quotes, no one can see, but, like, racially ambiguous people, which I don't think there's anything more racially ambiguous than being straight up white, because you could be so many things. Um, You should just answer with your star sign if you feel uncomfortable. You answered the question, and you can... Where are you from? I am from the star... Yeah, exactly. What are you? I'm a (laughs) Taurus. Where are you from? <laughs> the east side. Just say some side, north side, south side, and they'll be like, of where? And then you are already down the block and you don't have to talk to them anymore. <laughs> Run as fast as you can. Tangible results. I love this. <laughs> I'm here away. with the tools. All right. Well, thank you for talking to me about that. I, as I said, I love to be able to talk about that with people who have lived it before because it's it's unique. Um, and even from person to person who experiences it, it's all, it's all very different, but I'm very, I'm very like joyful is sort of a weird word to use, but to hear that you feel kind of caught in this dichotomy of oversharing and being almost like obstinate by choice, um, not as a bad thing, but just like, you don't need to know that it's not. Uh Yeah. Ugh. It's a burden. It's a burden to be interesting. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, that's that's that. That is what I know about you. That's it. That you know Janelle, and we have this massive shared experience of life in common. That's it. Um, But you were also saying that we have shared thoughts (laughs) and, like, internal monologues and anxieties. So... Tell me about some of your anxieties lately. I'm sure we have them in common. I to get to know each other. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, such a good question. I think thinking back to some of your posts, to some of the ones that have spoken to me the most over the last year or a few months, I'm trying to time is such a difficult thing these days it's for me. irrelevant <laughs> yes that's what we're learning yep. it always has been and even so even more so now totally um, so yeah some of the posts i've just found so poignant or just really spoke to me are the ones where you're just so honest about um your sort of like yeah like internal monologue about or the ways that i read it about like self-worth and about mm being small or product relationship to productivity oh my word um, and how that's conflated with self-worth and um yeah some of the ones that are coming up right now are (laughs) where you you've used the sort of the device of like like shushing your like (laughs) you know overly performative (laughs) internal self and it just offers so much calm for me I think, to read <laughs> so it out on a page and be like yes also sometimes offering a tool to be like oh I could do this I can like maybe with love just be like Shh. Quiet now. <laughs> I hear you and that's enough <laughs> uh, oh I'm glad I'm but, often telling yeah. myself to please be quiet I've stopped telling myself to shut up because I think that that's mean <laughs> but like <laughs> Just please, please stop talking. I hear you. It's good. I got it. I got the message, but I am going to eat a whole pint of ice cream and that's that. So leave me alone. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, there are some posts where you just offer, I want to say, the way I've internalized it is something around, isn't that enough? Or mm-hmm. is that enough? Or like something around, that is enough. You know, so because I, I too can have, be at war with myself and be like, okay, like that's enough. Thank you. You're done. Mm-hmm. Um, let it go, which really doesn't work. And doesn't, <laughs> my like inner self is pretty up in arms and ready to come Nora, back. Nora, don't tell head. everybody it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. No, but it's so disarming yeah, to come at it with love and to be like, shh, like, maybe that's it. Maybe just pause here. Mm. And yeah, there's something so calming sometimes about reading your posts that I'm like, Oh, that's nice. That's a really gentle offering. I would like to try that. Oh, well, thanks. I didn't mean for that question to turn into like, tell me all of the things that you love most about (laughs) me, Nora. Um, But that is really gratifying to hear because it's something that I struggle with. And that's, I think why I write about it when I, when I write about really tangible tactics or tools to use for anxious or sad times um it's because i'm not doing those things and i know what i should be doing (laughs) so it's funny to like scroll back through them something i do not i try to avoid doing um but if i do i notice some of the things i'm like who wrote this this is a great idea oh my god (laughs) um especially those times where i'm like you need to just like that Taylor Swift song, you need to calm down. Like you're having a reaction, but you don't need to. And yeah, coming at things with love instead of, I think, especially as women, we're sort of not sort of, we are conditioned to be really hard on ourselves for a variety of reasons. One is that everybody expects everything from us. Um, And then the backlash to that is like, I don't need anybody's love except my own. And I don't even need that. I just need to be like a boss bitch and just get it done. And I'm like, first of all, can we stop calling ourselves bitches? (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, can we stop making everything like girl boss, girl, whatever? Like, I'm just a boss or I'm I really don't like the word boss, but like I I can just be myself as I am. And be compassionate toward myself. And that is also powerful and useful. Yes. Um, yeah. And I have, like you were saying, I have obviously have a lot of anxieties around, especially now in quarantine, productivity and self-worth is like yeah. off the charts. <laughs> it's a daily struggle. Ooh. I, I feel you on that. I think, yeah, you asked me earlier what the two, like what the anxieties, some of the anxieties that are going through there are <laughs> Um, Pick your top three. In relationship to your posts, I think are, um, yeah, productivity Mm -hmm. as it relates to self-worth, my notions of success in general and what that means, um, how that is related to my finances. Yeah. And the second track, which I think we've already talked about a little bit when we were talking about our relationship to people asking about our identities, mm-hmm. um, is yeah, the ways that I like make myself smaller mm-hmm. or more palatable for other people Yeah, and really trying to, so I guess the overarching theme is like coming into self-worth, totally. you know, like trying to come into and just like identifying the many, many ways that mm-hmm. I've um, accepted and internalized systems to keep myself feeling smaller about myself yeah. so as not to be large and threatening and complex, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Yeah, totally. Especially, and actually what started this whole train of thought for me in this conversation was the idea of gentrifying Gowanus. <laughs> <laughs> because when people, I used to live in, in Brooklyn as well. In Bedsty, and then in um, what's the other one? Bushwick. I've tried to block out all of my time in Bushwick. I did not enjoy that. I mean, I loved my roommate, and now she has kittens without me. So oh. extremely oh, that would have made rude. It very different. <laughs> <laughs> um, extremely rude. But this whole idea of like, I feel that I am, obviously I am part of the gentrifying crowd because of my socioeconomic status and like all of that stuff that contributes to that but I also feel this weird feeling that like I'm not I am white but I'm not like white when you think about white people gentrifying an area and then like 
that spiraled me into this whole, yes, identity, not crisis, but just like wandering. Um, and then, yes, as an artist, what does my productivity say about who I am? And like, when I, when I find the courage to say that I'm a writer and then all of a sudden I'm like, no, 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 no. But like, I'm not like a writer, writer. I just, I write things. And then God bless my friend Mora. She's like, well, then that makes you a writer. So just say it <laughs> like you can't be somebody who writes things, but is not a writer. So just go forth and take up that space. Uh. Um, and I'm so glad that you mentioned the financial part of it, because I think that's like the non-romantic side of self-actualization or self-worth is like admitting that money is a real thing and an important thing to have power or influence or autonomy, freedom, like all of those things that we don't talk about because um, it's not polite. And I think part of the impoliteness is like keeping the little people down. If you're small, yeah. you stay small because we don't talk about this. Um, yeah, I have a lot of anxiety around money. <laughs> I feel you. Oh, good Lord. Um, <laughs> it's like making me hyena smile just thinking about it. Ah, I'm sweating. Um, yeah, that's like, yeah. and it's it's like embarrassing to admit that it's something that I've been actively trying to have a better relationship with because that feels I don't know cheesy or something but I don't know do you want to talk a little bit about your <laughs> money anxiety yeah. <laughs> no I mean it's a fantastic question and something I'm really actively trying to work on Me and too. have been for a few a few years maybe just a year maybe two years at this point mm -hmm. um because I yeah um because I was dealing with some debt mm -hmm. last year, two years ago, and that was completely messing with my sense of security, uh, my ability to even, it was, it was blocking me from even being able to be an artist, yeah. you know, all of these dreams and possibilities that I envisioned for myself, I felt like I couldn't actually try to start working on them until I acknowledged and fixed the debt issue. Mm -hmm. And it was from some like wise friends in my mm -hmm. life who similarly gave that advice of one being everybody has a relationship to debt. Mm -hmm. And that I was really reluctant to hear and to believe. Um, oh. cause I think I have fallen like, uh, prey to the capitalistic mindset of you and the, you know, very American, you pull yourself up by the bootstraps, you work hard and whatever. Yep. And when you look it in the eyes, you can start to see how false it is and how much it crumbles. And oh especially God, yeah. now in the Corona times, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's not especially now because that's been true for so many people for so long, but this is just such an explicit, large scale yes. way of not being able to avoid how skewed and biased our systems are. Mm -hmm. Um, so admitting and acknowledging that most people have debt mm -hmm. in some capacity. And then two, very similar to what your friends, to what you just mentioned, I had a friend who said, create a relationship with your finances, like mm -hmm. have a relationship with them. And I did not want to, cause I just <laughs> want to be financially secure and successful. And I don't even ever since I was little, I never like had dreams actually of being like rich. I wanted to have the flexibility of resources to be able to do what I wanted to yes. do. Yeah. Um, which of course nowadays does equal rich. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, do I want my own place and art supplies and a dance studio? Yeah, you're probably wealthy then. Um, but, well, but and, and it's not a dirty thing. It's not a dirty thing to want. Like saying, no. I want to be rich sounds so slimy if you like, because I think, again, we're taught to think that that's kind of a slimy thing to say out loud, but it's not because rich doesn't mean like you become <laughs> Scrooge McDuck and you can like <laughs> dive into piles of gold. Scrooge McDuck, exactly. <laughs> I did never want to be Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> I don't but, really um, either, although if anyone does have a pile of gold that I could swim in, that does sound kind of fun. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, if I can emerge. <laughs> I'm trying to, these days, 
really play with the idea of abundance. Yeah. And um, play more loosely with the understanding of what resources are versus mm. strictly money. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, that, it, it's very easy to become entrapped and enmeshed in capitalistic mind. Like the thinking, one way thinking of how do I make myself of service to the system to be able to be afforded money, mm-hmm. especially if, I'm, if you're not built born with wealth. Yeah. Um, and maybe don't have the like traditional dreams or on some sort of traditional path. Yeah. So I don't know, trying to think more creatively and have gratitude of like, Oh, I do have, what are, what are, what resources do I have? What forms of abundance exist in my life or how can I like be grateful to those already and call those in? Mm-hmm. And this all sounds really great and spiritual and woo-woo. And this is definitely <laughs> where I'm trying to reach to, uh-huh. but internally I'm also so stressed out about all of the time all the time um and i'm the queen of over scheduling and over hustling (laughs) with a million side jobs to be able to be an artist which then means i'm not actually doing the art thing yep so i'm in constant evaluation that's why i'm like okay this system isn't working you know what what yeah yeah clearly I could make some really extreme decisions to lead me down a path of maybe having some financial security, but mm-hmm. not sure if that's true in times of unemployment. <laughs> um, or I need to start taking some risks that like, um, that may not make me feel as secure as I want to feel, Yep. but could lead to different types of joy or something. Yeah, absolutely. Blah, blah, blah. The risk part, I think, is the I'm coming up against two things in my I really like what you said about creating my relationship with money. Um, I am full steam ahead on your what you said was like spiritual and woo woo. One thousand percent. And like in a less in less woo woo terminology, although first of all, I love the word woo woo. And secondly, (laughs) I fully subscribe to all things woo woo, Um, except for astrology, which I just don't understand and don't know and anything about. If you want to have a conversation <laughs> about that, we should <laughs> constantly um, love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. Like, I get the daily emails from Shani Nicholas, but I don't know what my rising sun or moon is. All I know is I am a Taurus and I like have done the chart a million times and I immediately forget what any of that is. <laughs> I think I'm like a somewhere in there there's a Scorpio something but I don't know what. (laughs) Um, I certainly don't discount any of it. I just don't understand it. Anyway, so my point is creating this relationship with money um, outside of a woo-woo terminology is like shifting my mindset about it instead of going coming from like a place of scarcity and I don't have, but I want to have or I need and don't have is like I... There's a book I read, We Were Witches by Ariel Gore. Um, it's like weirdly fiction and nonfiction together. It's autobiographical and her mantra becomes, I intend to whatever she was going to do, go to grad school, buy a house, la la la. Um, and so that has become one of my quiet, like prayers to the universe is I intend to do X, Y, Z. And so that intention is like, I'm going to do it. I'm actively pursuing it. I'm also open to favors from the universe. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to actually go for it instead of just ask for it and do nothing. Um, And I'm also coming up against this, this, what you were saying of risk, my own feeling around risk and making money is like, or achieving any kind of success or abundance is I am afraid of what people will think about the ways that I want to attain those things of like, I don't know. I, cause I feel like I have a really sensitive like gag reflex around influencer culture or whatever. But then a lot of the things that I think I could do in service of other people, like flirts with that world of like, I don't have a better way of putting it right now, but Anyway, I the risk for me is like, could you just, Charlotte, do the thing that you know you're good at and not care so much about what other people think of you doing that thing? Um, 
even my Instagram project started that way of like, what is, what are these three specific people going to think of this? Are they going to think it's really stupid? And now a year later, I'm like, they might, I don't care. I have a great time doing it. And I know that it can be helpful or like a bomb to some people. And that is enough for me to keep doing it. And it transcends the fear I have of judgment. So yeah, that's, but it's a, it's, Money is such an emotionally charged thing that I think we don't give it enough uh, credit for being um, a difficult, as I said, like an emotional subject, not just a pragmatic subject. Mm, I so thank you for sharing that. It's, it's, I mean, you just shared so much wisdom and like so <laughs> much insight that like. I, I did? I must have blacked out for that part. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's reflected back some things that came up um the I intend to really resonates deeply and I love that offering I think I am gonna try to practice that one myself because what I hear in it is like naming the desire Mm -hmm. and naming the intention but there's also like you said an openness to being redirected if something else sort of another feedback comes in or maybe your intention Maybe you think something is actually really going to serve you and it's not in alignment. And so how does this, how else could it manifest into something that is in more alignment that is actually better for you? Um, So I really love that sort of like, I intend to, Mm -hmm. there's just like forgiveness sort of built in. Um, And I so feel you on what you're saying in terms of building the fear of like, oh, I don't want to be maybe this type of person exactly. or I don't yeah. want to occupy this type of platform or, and more and more, I mean, there's so much that we can say about this. Cause I think that brings up cancel culture. Yep. I think it brings up, um, yeah, just the fact that we've seen so many people do things in harmful ways, yeah. you know, it brings up the desire for harm reduction and not mm-hmm. wanting to be a part of the problem. Um, but also is in conversation with like actually having to take action. Yes, you know, you yeah. can't just sit on the back seat and, you know, not do anything for fear mm-hmm. of how you might be perceived or, and I say you, I mean, we, and I mean myself or how no, I it feels really personal. No, yeah, it brings up these questions of shoulds, you yeah. know, like, but like to switch it into a more positive light, mm-hmm. what I will say right now, especially maybe during these COVID times, is that I'm seeing so many people blend platforms mm-hmm. or blend approaches and like embody a unique, like their own way of doing something. Totally. So even though I may have had judgment of like influencers in the past, mm-hmm. I've seen people use that platform for for good also, or Absolutely. to be to, like activate socially social consciousness or to leverage resources back into spaces that and people that need it and um so it makes me question yeah where my own rigidity can come from of like oh I don't want to be this person until I see someone else do it and Mm -hmm. yeah that relationship to risk and integrity is like such a challenging one absolutely it's terrifying it's terrifying and i'm glad that you brought up cancel culture because it's so prevalent and something that i really i try to like buck against when people are like well that person's canceled is like okay that's just your impulse but can you bring some more like i guess it comes back to like compassion can you bring some love into that instead of like oh you're just done it's actually more effective to approach that person on whatever platform it might be with first expecting that they were coming from a place of either fear or love, I think are really the things that drive people the hardest on things. In in present times, it's mostly fear. And so if you can look at somebody's intense reaction to something, as far as cancel culture goes, can you look at that and be like, they're afraid of something in there. And what is the fear? And like, can we alleviate as a group of people, can we alleviate that fear in a really sustainable way so that instead of just blocking this person forever, can we invite them in and in the process of inviting them in, change their mind or redirect some of that energy (laughs) 
to something a little more constructive. Like, J.K. Rowling is actually a good example of this. I am really devastated and sad and, like, ugh. I just feel like I want to take a nap every time I think about her and, like, as a queer person who didn't realize she was a queer person until after reading all the Harry Potter books and then going back and reading them and being like, what a gift this was that like, I just had whatever, like the same thing that everybody feels who likes Harry Potter. And then to find out she's like a trans exclusionary person is devastating. And I think the reaction to just cancel JK Rowling is legitimate. And also if we made as a, as a community made an effort to like bring her in and educate her until she was like, aha, I see the error of my ways. I don't hold a lot of hope for this, but <laughs> in my dream world, that's what happens. And then in that process, we've brought a really powerful person into the group. And the act of transformation is so powerful that like once you've been once you've been born, I mean, why are born again Christians so vehemently for their faith is because they were changed somehow. I don't hold that against them. It's powerful. Um, I, I think it can get a little annoying, but it, <laughs> I don't hold it against them. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, I'm trying to have my own transformation around like, money and self-worth and also success like what's my idea of success people ask you that your whole life and i don't think i've ever actually thought about it until recently so i pose this question to you what is your idea of success maybe i'll steal some of your ideas oh my god i can't believe you (laughs) how could you Uh, do this to me I've been trying to, I've literally been writing this question for the last like year and still don't have an answer. Me too. But I think the question that I posed was, um, yeah, what is my definition of success? Mm -hmm. What does success look like to me? And I think this is really, has been helping me try to confront my relationship with money is because so much of my definition of success was wrapped up in money a dollar and amount, was wrapped yeah. up in like security yep and um and i realize that i'm not sure what when i hear that question now mm-hmm. i sort of am of many minds like i go into this professional notion of success mm-hmm. and that's usually what comes up first yeah and i question that Hmm. Um, and I have, then I have this other, I have this other form of success that comes up that is a way of being like the way Hmm. I want to live my life, you know, like the, um, the people that I want to have in my life, the type of way that I would spend my days, you know, like whether or not I would have a cat and (laughs) outdoors and be able to like share a glass of wine at a sunset with somebody that I love Uh and then like, you know, be able to read out loud to each other, you know, like Mm -hmm. these sorts of like that. So then when I'm speaking this out loud to you, the word that comes up is fulfillment. Yep. Like what would feel fulfilling? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still on the work internally to merge these notions of success and fulfillment, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, this is my long winded way of trying to get out of actually answering the question. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're Um, not. You're answering, you are answering the question. Um, (laughs) I just, I love your detail about the cat because the thing on my mind, like I have talked to my therapist about it. I'm like, listen, John. I am really trying to adopt a dog here and I need you to tell me if that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, huh, why don't we sit on that feeling for two weeks? And if you still want to, we'll talk about it then. And I know what's going to happen in two weeks is that I'm still going to want to adopt a dog. And he's going to be like, huh, why don't we sit on that feeling for two weeks? And I'll be like, you dirty, rotten scoundrel. I'm never getting a dog. Because <laughs> two weeks in, are infinite. Yeah, infinite. <laughs> um, but yes, I agree with you that my, um, my idea of success has been 
like really trying to worm its way into the fulfillment category and like something that i keep thinking about the last few days is like what if i could reframe success as what do i want to be able to do with my success so like let's just say success whatever that is is a foregone conclusion what does that allow me to do and then working backwards from there of like and what do i need to do those things is it money is it like a community is it a other kind of resource what is it so um yeah that's it i'm thinking about it like a designer i guess i'm trying to work backwards which may or may not work but i offer this to you as (laughs) a possible way to i love that get out of that question again (laughs) yeah i know like maybe it's just that the notion of success is so bogged down for me right now so i'm thinking about yeah similarly like breaking out of that mold yep that i've you know, set up or subscribe to or whatever Mm -hmm. of, you know, words like I've been, you know, hearing the word liberation a lot and thinking about what does that actually mean? Like, why do I have a a contraction, like a fear response in Mm -hmm. relationship to it for myself? Uh Um, Joy, you know, like abundance, these sorts of ideologies that I want to work towards socially mm-hmm. um what happens when I actually try to bring that into my personal sphere totally and yeah what kind of work does that mean what do I have to give up in order to do that work too Ooh, like God. let go of because there's so many things that I'm holding on to yeah from how I've behaved in the past yep. that I just that I to go back to one of your inner monologues is like <laughs> need to sort of say thank you and let them go or just yeah (laughs) quiet quiet go go play a video game or something (laughs) yeah you've said enough you've done so much work thank you yep totally and my my contraction fear contraction these days is my relationship to quote-unquote autonomy is like And self-reliance and this, like, transcendental... I read Walden recently, so I am very smart now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, like, this whole idea that you can live alone is ridiculous. Like, we live in a a society and in a culture... I mean, well, actually, those are two different things. We live in a society where you cannot survive by yourself, really, unless you go do the Walden thing, which I don't want to do. I'll say it here on the record. I don't want to live in a cabin alone um, with no running water or whatever. Uh, but we live in a culture that is at odds with that idea that because we live in an individualistic culture of like, yes, everyone pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and like such and such a person did it all on their own. No, you didn't. Like <laughs> the nature of capitalism is such that you need other people to buy into what you're doing on a just basic level you can't do it alone and so how can you use that charlotte is my current inner monologue how can you play in the arena of capitalism without becoming a fathead who like (laughs) sucks um (laughs) can you use it as a tool for good somehow um and that to me would be an enormous success to feel at the end of the day like I did something that felt good and was intrinsically generous while also being generous to myself like can I do both of those things at the same time I don't know stay tuned (laughs) (laughs) but that would feel very successful um yeah yeah. oh my god we really got into it on this show thanks for going with me down this road I know that's a lot for a first conversation um but I also want to respect your time I know we've been here for an hour and you're the queen of overbooking yourself so I want to make sure you have time to like drink a glass of water or whatever um Nora thank you for talking to me on on a recording uh dare I say it we should talk again off the air maybe even about these same things or other things (laughs) Or maybe something light like Schitt's Creek, or I don't know what you watch, oh, I but love Schitt's Creek. same. Yes, I just just do found out that it's on. astrological <laughs> reading. We'll all yeah, let's do that. Okay, I know you're the queen of overbooking yourself, but I'm gonna put it on the calendar that we're gonna like. I don't know if oh you said you drink wine. We'll like drink wine, 
and you yes. can teach me about astrology because here's what here was my thought the other day was like I think I was reading an email from Shani Nicola, my friend and uh, <laughs> my friend who emails me and I was like there's got to be something to it because it is based in the natural tangible world whereas like most other <laughs> my closet wall <laughs> whereas like a lot of faith-based systems are based on somebody telling somebody else something which is perfectly valid and like i think a lot of the major religions and minor religions have a lot of validity but there's really got to be something that is connected to the solar system <laughs> I don't know. That was my woo-woo thought one morning. And then I was like, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat something. So I'm all over the place in the morning. I love it. Okay. Well, I'm very excited. To definitely great, be great, great. That way. Um, and this has been really lovely. Thank you for making this space available and oh for my God, diving my pleasure. in yeah. this deeply. It's so nice. And there are so many things that we've already talked about that I feel excited to go back into. Me too. Uh, it's like such a weird time where it's very hard to actually meet new people these yeah. days. So you're yeah. someone that I've already wanted to meet and secretly have felt like I have met apparently. <laughs> um, and I haven't. And so this has been a really lovely way to spend For real. Time. No, yeah, this was great. And I, I absolutely will be emailing you about an astrology reading because I'm interested yeah. in it. I might bring my soon-to-be sister-in-law, if that's cool with you, because I feel that yeah. she would also be very interested in this. <laughs> And I she's really great. Thought that you were about to say you're soon to be dog, but I am also excited. How about your dare you? How dare you? <laughs> yes, I, I have to. I have to work against like. Well, not okay. No, I'm gonna work with the weight limit restriction on dogs in my apartment building. Which let me just say, why do dogs have to be small in an apartment? Small dogs bark more and they're more annoying than big dogs. And everybody knows that. So, oh, okay, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Nora. I'll talk to you soon. It was a pleasure to meet you. I can't wait to talk to you again. Me too. Bye. Bye. Nora, 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 you scoundrel. I have such a big friend crush on you, and I absolutely will be making sure that we have that wine slash you tell me about my astrology chart date later, because I am totally obsessed with this conversation. Your brain is such a fun brain to be connected to in conversation, um, and I just can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed listening to it as much as I loved participating in it. If you would like to be a guest on We've Never Met, you can send me an email at charlottetmartin at gmail.com or slide into my DMs on Instagram where I live on the internet. I'm Charlotte the Writer, and I, of course, would love to have you on the show. As has become a trend on this show, too, if you would like to recommend someone to be a guest on We've Never Met, just let me know that you're going to do that on Instagram via a direct message so that I don't, like, totally freak out your friend by following them and then dropping into their uh, DMs. Um, but, of course, I would love that. I think it is so much fun to have these conversations with people who the only thing we have in common is that we know somebody in common. We've Never Met is completely and 100% made by me, Charlotte. I record it, I do all the booking and the recording and editing um, by myself, which is great fun. Uh, but if you would like to financially support the show or just let me know that you like what I'm doing here, you can become a Patreon backer at patreon.com. That is on my website and the brand new shiny link we've never met. And hey, if you don't have an extra two, three, five dollars to send my way every month, I completely get it. Uh, another way that you can help me spread the word about this show is to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. That's all a big algorithm game, but the more ratings and reviews that are on that show, the easier it is for people to find, and we can build our little network of introverts. 
uh, as far as we want. The new uh, addition to the show, the listeners here, come from Russia, which is pretty cool. So, what's up, Russia? I am embarrassed to admit that I only know one word in Russian, and it's Dazhidanya, which I think means goodbye. So it's kind of, I guess, a little appropriate that it's here at the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening to We've Never Met, and until we speak again, don't be a stranger. <laughs>